Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com and find them at FDIC at booth 2540. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash Flex 7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. TheFireStore.com, equipping protectors with passion. That's how they operate, and it's how they live. They understand that having the right gear can mean the difference between life and death. Their goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. Visit them at FDIC at Boots 110 and 111. Hey, welcome back to Fire Engineering's Hump Day Hangout and to our show, The Issues and Challenges of Today's Fire Service. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my, my good buddy and Hump Day Hangout co-host, Louisville Assistant Chief Terry McGrath, and we've got another great show lined up for you today with our Hump Day team. Now, we're, we're missing a couple. Um, uh, Chief David Rhodes, I'm not sure if David's going to join us because we're like on the edge of everybody getting <laughs> FDIC, and um, I'm sure he, uh, if he's not already in India, I'd be surprised um, getting everything taken care of. Um, John uh, Salka's going to try and join us. He's with family right now. Um, uh, doing a little, I think doing a little babysitting as we talk uh, in Kansas at Brian and Rachel's house. But uh, we've got, uh, you know, one of the regular cast of characters that's with us all the time, Chief Scott Thompson from the Colony. Welcome, Scott. Um, Hello, everyone. And uh, so, let, hey, let's talk. Well, first of all, before we go any further, um, just to remind everybody, uh, you know, if, if you have any comments, go ahead and just uh, post them in the comments section of this um, uh, this particular show. Um, we'll talk at the end. You can catch uh, a lot of great hump day hangouts on Wednesdays. And then, and then they're always posted to YouTube. So if you can't get to them at fireengineering.com or any of the websites there, you can definitely go to Fire Engineering's YouTube channel and you can find them there. Or I even post them you know, on mine or you know, we, we get the link out to you. Um, but uh, before we get into our topic, uh, well, now, Scott, let's go over. Uh, t- I know, Terry, you're in class next week, so you're going to m- miss uh, FDIC. Uh, looking forward to spending a week with you, but uh, you've been waiting uh, about seven years for this class to finally, <laughs> to finally get know, there. I don't know who in the world picked this week to do a class that I, I'm quite certain is going to have the majority of the, the, the attendees are firefighters, but so I'm not quite sure what happened here. But <laughs> well, then, no, so Scott, what are you getting in there and, and run us through your week there, buddy? Uh, Rick, my my week's pretty pretty light. I'm getting in Sunday. Uh, I do a four hour workshop on Tuesday afternoon titled "The Functional Fire Company." 
Wait, is that and based on the best-selling book, The Functional Fire Company? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then uh, signing books and and uh, just going to classes. Sign, sign in, you know, so you'll be signing copies of the actual book, The Functional <laughs> Fire Company, the best-selling yeah, yeah, book. Yeah, with all of you other great authors that are, that are doing it. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's all I'm doing is just the one workshop, and then uh, gonna learn a lot of things. Well, you know, and 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 we 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 uh we bust your chops a lot about that. And I'm just gonna say it for our viewers, for our listeners. Um, it is a great book. It is a great book. We tease well, Scott a We tease him because it's a great book. If if it sucked, we wouldn't even bring it up. You know, I'm just saying it, it's a it's a great book, and it's definitely one you need to have. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, but. Uh, but that, yeah, so um, uh, we get there, John, and I get there Sunday and then uh, uh, Monday we do our, we do a four hour workshop in the morning, organizing the fire round, which is for, for our viewers, it's, it's a, it's a great class. I mean, I've been, I've been teaching it since my U of I days and we just redid the whole thing. It's everything you know, you talk about organizing the fire round. It's all the stuff you need to think about right now before the bells go off. That's your staffing, your apparatus, your flows, your water, pre-plans, all blah, blah, blah. Everything for your volunteer career department, your department's makeup, and so on and so forth, and then boom, set off the tones. We're in route, and then you know th- everything you should be considering when you're in route, and that's seat assignments and tool assignments, and you know where you're going and so on and so forth. And then once you get there, actions you know tactically being taken uh, on, on on the scene, and then we finish up with okay, now we're we're in uh, uh, pickup time. Uh, how do we get companies back in service, or what do we do? So it's it's actually it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've done it, like I said, uh, in a couple of places before, but not the way we're going to be doing it at FDIC. And it's, it's the whole thing. It's, it's just that it's organized in a fire round. Uh, Wednesday, we do uh, the three degrees of May day, Wednesday afternoon. Um, and then uh, we do the big memorial, uh, Scott and, and Terry for, uh, uh, our, our good friend and brother, chief Bobby Halton, uh, who, who passed in December. Um, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be doing a, during our after their hours with Bobby and John, Bobby and John and I used to do this issues and challenges class for our viewers at FDIC for years and years and years and years and years in the big room, about two, 3000 people. And then, you know, we're, it's always the thing, uh, Scott and T about there's not enough classroom space. There's many people, you know, that's the hardest thing about being on the advisory board, I don't know how Diane Rothschild, how like David does it now, Bobby, where you've only got so many classes, you have so many great entries. So, you know, Bobby's thought was, why don't we, why don't we move, you know, you and John, you know, me and John to what they were called. They started calling after hours. Used to, originally it was Bruno and Brennan unplugged. Then we lost Tom. And then it was, you know, uh, Bruno and, and uh, friends. And then it was Bruno and John Norman for the last time that we lost Bruno. So, uh, they ended up with Bill Gustin on there and uh, John Norman and Bobby. So then John Salk and I joined them and we called it after hours. That's what it was. Um, and uh, this year during after hours, uh, we've dedicated it to uh, celebrating, uh, celebrating the life of an incredible leader, mentor, fire service icon. And he would be very upset if he heard us talking about him this way. Um, uh you know, an incredible person. Uh, his whole family, Scott and Terry, is going to be there. Um, so we're going to we're going to we're going to dedicate. You know, we had to actually limit uh, how many people could speak and what they could be speaking on because there's just not enough time. I mean, there's so many people 
that want to want to uh, pay tribute to him. Um, so that's Wednesday night. Uh, John and I will be signing books in the Dingus Fire booth on Friday, and we'll be in the, the Fire Engineering booth the rest of the week. And there was something, if David was going to join us, he joins us later. And Scott, you'll get to see it too. You'll miss it this year. But we used to do the radio shows, right, live from, from FDIC, and, and they were okay and, and good. But now they're going to do this, like, FDIC live. They've got this set they designed so if you can picture Fox News and all that stuff in New York, the Today Show people, it's going to be that set of right in a prime location on the floor in the hallway. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be, It's. I mean, we're going to be right there and interacting with people and uh, doing it live from there. And it's it's going to be awesome. So folks, look, look for that. Um, but I will say this, uh, 2019, right before COVID, was the largest uh, audience, the largest attendance uh, record, if you will, at FDIC, and they've already surpassed it. They've already went. They've already out. They've already passed those numbers. So, and what's that, Rick? That's like forty thousand, isn't it? Oh, 30, God, yeah, 000, yeah, forty thousand. Yeah, used to. We used to hit. We used to be excited. When we hit thirty thousand for the week, yeah. and then we got into the thirties, and now, yeah, it's it's gonna be incredible. So, wow. uh, if you're at F- FDIC. Uh, look, Scott and I and John and everybody up. Um, and then before we move on, um, and, and I would say this, whether he's with us and I just told this on the phone the other day, um, we're so excited to to have uh, what an absolutely incredible replacement. If you were going to have to replace Bobby Halton, Chief Bobby Halton, oh, my God, Scott, and Terry, what David Rhodes, uh, Chief David Rhodes. David was a retired battalion chief in Atlanta, Georgia, was the union president for a long time. He's one of us. And I say that because you're always worried about, okay, who's going to be the next? Are we going to get some ass in there that's going to throw everything, you know, you know, egotistical maniac? Oh, my God, David. And actually, Bobby, if you remember, we mentioned this before, Bobby was actually, they were doing a, a trade. Bobby was actually going to be retiring. And mm-hmm. for like eight months, he and David were working together. That was his XO, as he called it one day on his show. Uh, so there was already this transformation going when Bobby passed. And, and there's so many of us that are so excited uh, for David. David's taken care of logistics for a long, long time. Oh. And, and and that's gotten better and better and better every year to where it, it was very easy and, and very helpful for our hands-on stuff. Oh, do you remember what a mess it was, Scott, when we first started? <laughs> and David came in and took care. The guy's just, you know, he's been Smoke Daddy, the Georgia Smoke Divers program. Scott Millsap, God bless Scott. Um, yep. Scott passed it on to David. And uh, Dave, I mean, so anyway, we're just so excited that Dave is the boss now. Um, and I know Bobby's smiling. Bobby's Bobby's plan, Bobby's plan worked out exactly how I wanted it to, to have. a little bit sooner than he wanted, obviously. But uh, David's going to do a great job for us. So, hey, all right. So to our topic, this is something um, that the three of us are passionate about. Uh, uh, and, and that's motivation, motivation, motivation and motivating your people. And, and we titled this. Uh, what are you doing to fire up the new ones, keep the others fired up, and reach out to those who we lost a while back and bring them back? Because it seems like, and Terry, you know, you're you're very active in the Dallas Fourth Metroplex in that area with all the chiefs and departments. And Scott, you travel teaching. Besides being right next door to Terry, you know, you guys run together. You're the same thing. It seems like this is what you hear the most. You don't hear people saying, "Well, we got another flat tire. We can't get rubber tire. Oh, the guys don't check the tires right," or, you know. Or, you, you know, this and that. What you hear is, you know, some aren't motivated. Um, some are just there for a paycheck. Some are there in their volunteer department just for a T-shirt. Um, 
you know, egos interfere, egos empower more organizations, more positions. Um, how do I motivate my people? I've got, you know, you know, we, we came off a bad boss and I'm trying to get the guys and gals fired up. And, you know, it seems like this is the most popular. I know it is, especially as of lately with, with a lot of people just, you know, I just, what do I have to do to keep them fired up and keep them and keep them motivated? And Scott, and I always go back to the colony of Lewis. So I love bragging on you guys. Um, <laughs> you'll you. be the first. Well, you'll be the first ones. John Salka says it all the time. You know, New York City, the FDOI is far from perfect. But I'll say this. They do a lot of shit right. They do a lot of stuff right, the FDNY. But I do brag on the colony of Louisville a lot. We brag on Stockton and, and California and Wichita, Kansas. And there is a bunch of other places. But that's because... And you, you guys will both be the first ones. We've talked off, 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 you know, off screen about things going on, you know, at Louisville and the county. Look, when you have people, people, people make mistakes. They err in judgment. They do stupid shit. They do stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? And things happen, and that's part of life. You have to deal with your kids doing stuff. You have to deal with the kids at the fire. Not even kids, with everybody at the firehouse. And and uh, I, I do a program called Great Leaders Make Difficult Decisions. Because anybody can make the easy ones. It's the great ones that seem to make those difficult decisions. They're not afraid to have that have that hard conversation. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're not like Colin Powell would say, never walk past a mistake. But I, I, I love talking about your two departments because as much as both of you say, yeah, we've, we've got our issues like anybody else, there's a lot of great things going on there. And, and let, let's go to Scott first, T. Scott, what do you attribute the energy level, you know, cause you see the guys in the County, it's like looking at guys from, you look at, if you didn't look at their, their logo on the rig, you think they're from Chicago or the FDNY. <laughs> they, they just like Louisville, they dress like them. They act like them. They talk like them. They fight fires like them. They just, what do you, I mean, you know, and I, I could say, I know it's a lot to do with you and you're going to deflect that right away, but uh, let's talk about the motivation. Well, and it, it was funny because we just had a chief from a Metroplex department come see us and said, oh, I wanted to see what little FDNY looked like. But that's OK. <laughs> I, we could be called worse things. Right. <laughs> Man, Rick, I spent a lot, a lot of time thinking about this a, a lot of time. And, you know, you, you, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. It, it's about the culture to me, you know, and, and, and the culture in the true sense of the word, the environment that they work in and, and doing some research on this. Okay. I've narrowed it down to four things. Now I don't have a lot of uh, uh, data to put behind it, but I think it's leadership. It's, you know, what, what they would call in academia, the social norms or the firehouse norms. What, what, what kind of things go on in the firehouse? It's the work design. Do we let our firefighters be firefighters or do we mess that up? And then it's the direct supervision. So I think those four things there, and I base that on the years that I've been here and, you know, we've hired a lot of people and we ask them, why are you leaving your organization that you're currently at? Everybody we hire comes from another fire department. We haven't hired anybody. And then why do you want to come to the colony? But then, Rick, we, we've set a piece of paper in front of them and we say, you know, what can we expect from you in the future? And we want them to write that down and, and we revisit it. And, and to me, those those things that I mentioned are, are kind of the direct deal. Now, I think purpose is very important. Your, your people got to feel that they have even the newest person in the organization needs to feel that they have purpose and that they're valued. Uh, you know, a lot of people that join us want to join for that brother and sisterhood and family thing. So there's got to be that that sense of psychological safety. Right. I'm, I'm, this is a group that it's my tribe. I'm going to feel safe here and. 
I'm going to be able to achieve the things I want to achieve regardless, you know, the, the whole diversity thing. So if you were to ask me, but, you know, and, and I, I say this and, and, you know, I always get ding, but I really tried, Rick, for my first five or six years here, I really tried to make everybody happy. I, I was like, man, can it be done? And it can't. I, you can't, make, you know, like you said, you want to make everybody happy, go sell ice cream. But I also have the saying, you know, the more times you say you can't please everybody, you start writing people off. And so I didn't want to do that, but I am convinced. I don't care if you're Chicago, New York, Louisville, the colony, you're always going to have and hopefully it's a small group of people that I believe are just, I haven't found the book or the formula or the thing yet. So, so those are kind of what I think, you know, purpose, those things I mentioned, make them feel important. Let firefighters be firefighters, but that's all a cultural thing. And to me, that's, that's hugely important. And, you know, that's the one thing, um, the argument against the pay thing is, is, you know, you see these departments that pay really, really well, and they're still having a hard time recruiting and retaining people. Compensation is important. You got to feel comfortable. You got to feel like you're being fairly compensated for the job, but it's certainly not the only thing. Well, and, and, you know, it goes back to, I mentioned this yesterday on a podcast, you know, when I taught instructor one prior to that, if I ever heard the the names Abraham Maslow and his motivational pyramid hierarchy needs and Edward L. Thorndike's laws of learning, how adults learn different from children. Uh, I was going to throw up in my mouth. And then I realized all that stuff's real, how adults learn different from children. But you, you know, what you're saying about comp- compensation, you know, Maslow, that, that every one of us, everybody in this world lives their life based on that pyramid of, of you know, so you, you, you know, compensation is important, but security is big. You know, it's it's a sense of belonging is big. And we've seen it. Terry, how many people did we hire from another department, uh, which we won't mention? I think we we're up to like 10 or 16 people. Scott, you were you were there with us. Yeah. They were giving up bunch. like 10, 15, 16000 dollars because they hated their fire chief. And yep. this guy was oblivious that he was that kind of jackass. And I think it goes back to the, you know, and Scott, I definitely want to go back to a couple of things you brought up because you gave us three really good points to hit, but Terry, the whole, and you and I, when we were partnering up, the most fun was we used to have to remind each other once in a while was let them, let them be firefighters. Let them, and I'm just talking now, let them play firefighter. Stop messing in their shit. You know, we have, you know, you've got a whole bunch of captains that need to take care of their firefighters. And we'll talk about the motivation that's, that's created by the company officer, but you know, I used to say, I don't need to meddle in her stuff. I've got two assistant chiefs that meddle in her division chiefs, their battalion chiefs, I meddle in the captains, and so on and so forth. And I think some people get their fingers, they get off in the weeds on stuff, if you want to use that phrase, where they shouldn't. And sometimes, you know, I'll have chiefs come up to me, Terry, and go, but the guys, I'm like, yeah, but you won't let them, they came here to be a firefighter, and you won't let them, where's the logos, and where's the stuff, and, you know, they they want these tools, and I mean, and I'm not, I got to please don't think folks I'm talking it down because we all, every one of us loves the fire service, but let them play firefighter. Let them do what they set out to do. Terry and, and talk about, cause Lewis has got a ton of people want to work there. We all have our food fights. We all have that crazy <laughs> uncle we lock in the cellar, but at the same time, there's a reason why people love wearing that uniform. Like in Lewis, like they do in a county. What do you attribute that to? Well, I, I mean, I think there's a there's a number of issues, but I think what resonates to me the most, and, and Scott brought this up in that phrase, let firefighters be firefighters. I, I can guarantee you, anyone who listens to this, 
you can rest assured that the three of us sitting here know what brought us into this this career path. And I didn't I didn't walk through the door as an 18 year old firefighter. I, I wasn't thinking past the end of the shift, uh, let alone where I was going to be sitting 37 years later. But you came into this for, you know, whether it was the adrenaline, the excitement, the challenge, the camaraderie. I mean, there's a litany of, of reasons. But at the end of the day, I left this profession uh, because I went and chased something else that that at the time was important to me. And I wanted to prove a lot of things and I wanted that challenge and those but ultimately, what brought me back to the fire service was the firehouse. Um, and it was, as, as a police officer, 90% of what I did was solitary. I was alone. I, I, if, if I were rode you, with a partner. When you were in Dallas, were you by yourself? Uh, the patrol so it was, it, yeah, so where I worked, it was our choice. And so I'm not an easy person to get along with. <laughs> and I did a lot of people a lot of favors. Uh, so most of the time I opted to ride, ride alone. But I, I, I mean, I had partners, but but the majority of what you do is is it's it, you're alone. You you might answer a call with someone else, but when you go back to your car, you're writing reports, or if you go to jail, you do it alone. Um, what I missed was the fire station. I missed people being able to sit around and laugh and and have fun. What what you're referring to is is you know when we had the ultimate recruiting grounds for the Louisville Fire Department. And it was because of that culture. It was because on the outside, looking in, that was the perfect place to be until you got in there and realized that, you know, I used to laugh, Chief, when you used to kind of, when you came into Louisville, because we had a weird culture here, right? But you, you when you tell a grown man that, we're not going to allow you to, to surf YouTube on the internet while you're at work. And I'm thinking to myself, we will entrust you to go ride in the back of the ambulance <laughs> with a baby and you can draw and drugs. Yeah. You can draw up uh, sedatives and, and, and paralyze people to intubate them and, and whatever these things, but you're not going to watch YouTube because I, I don't know what you're going to be watching. Well, God forbid you spent five minutes watching duck hunting or, you know, whatever it is you're into. Terry, right? you guys, you guys had the rule. You remember the, remember the maroon book I called the moron book that Butch pointed out to me. I didn't even know it existed. It had yeah. rules that said absolutely no loitering or congregating in the front or rear of any firehouse and no yep. time from seven to five. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yep. Well, you have and, to put a towel over the TV. Yeah. You could leave the TV on, but you have to put a towel over it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the funny thing was, is that we put a towel over the TV because it we were playing the, I don't know, the country music channel or something. It was it was music videos. But but when you get down in the weeds that much and 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 to me, you know, this the, the other part of let firefighters be firefighters. First of all, this is a dangerous job and there's a lot of crap in this world. And, and, the, and the crap is mounting up faster than we can scoop it out. So, man, if you don't have a way to release and, and to 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 be comfortable and have fun and, and enjoy it. I tell kids when, when I do tours of a fire station, which I love to do with small kids because I like to walk around and say, um, Hey, and by the way, your mom's not here, right? So you're going to have to learn to cook. You got to make your own bed. You got to wash your own clothes and, you know, all those sort of things. But when, when, if we don't have that mechanism or that ability for somebody to come back and have fun, and to laugh and and to to be comfortable in that environment, I think you want to talk about mental health and and all those sort of problems. Hey, exacerbate that to to the nth degree. Well, and because Terry, 
You guys, you guys, you know, and else, a lot of people know this. John Travolta is a, a, a member of the Louisville Fire Department family. We made him a captain, and then we promoted him to uh, uh, over all the years of him helping us with the Heroes of Denton County. With you know, it would, I'd, I'd ask him if he could send us stuff to auction off. He'd send us all this memorabilia that he signed and stuff and autographed. And then we made him a chief when he brought the cast of Ladder Forty Nine. And I, I said this. Yeah, it's a movie, and there's a lot of Hollywood, but he allowed a lot of stuff we talked about when we helped him with the movie to come from real, real stories. You know, there's still Hollywood, but you know, ask Steve Chikorotas. You know, when I when I tell him, Steve, fire doesn't burn up from the floor. He goes, it does in Hollywood, Rick. You know, <laughs> but but I remember when when uh, when JT was doing an interview with Diane Sawyer and about Ladder Forty Nine and his role with Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Patrick and all them and and he kept she kept saying oh those firefighters with their practical jokes those firefighters <laughs> and he says he goes and he, he said it he's not even a firefighter he said it so just like you said T he goes but Diane you gotta understand what what they do when they're there and the things they see and when they come back that's that's their stress relief he goes you know I remember this interview like it was yesterday he says they have to have a mechanism like you said to release so the goofing and the tough stuff not every firehouse sees horrible things all the time but you know once in a while what what a firefighter sees is not normal for a firefighter to see or anybody to see and you and you've got to be able to come back and have that little bit of release as long as you don't let it get out of control we know what over sure. the line is there's but a there's wanna, a limit the, and the other, the other part here. of that the other part of that is trust educate train and trust your people to go out and be firefighters you know it 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 i don't go i I don't go to calls that often. Certainly I'd love to go to more. That's where the fun is. That's why we all got into this. I didn't get into this job to, to look at spreadsheets and calendars. <laughs> right. But so when you have people that you don't tr- like, Hey, you went out to a wreck. what did you guys do out there? What did you, you know, did you think about parking over here? Did you, you know, listen, train these people up and get out of their way. I know that as a firefighter, any job that I had in my life, Tell me what the goals are. What's our objectives? And then give me any specifics you think I need to know. And then let me have the opportunity to go out and prove not just to you, but more importantly, let me prove to myself I can do that, right? Because that's going to make me better at the next thing I do. Well, and I many, think that's a big part of your culture. Well, how many times we talked about this? Firefighters want to be led. Firefighters are screaming. In fact, the loudest mouth in your firehouse wants to be led the most. They want firefighters want rules and regulations, SOPs, SOGs, labor contracts, all that stuff. They want you to tell them what to do and then get the hell out of their way. You know, but you I think you said something crucial at the beginning there, Terry. You've got to set the table though. You and Scott, you you do it so well there in the county too. You know, you've got to say this is the parameter we're going to work in. We're going to get out the door fast. We're going to be dressed. We're going to have our tools. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to take care of those people out there. The reason we're here and all that stuff. And by the way, we're going to have fun doing it, but you know, we can't just help take the bag of marbles and throw them on the floor and expect them all go in the same direction. There, you know, we, the leadership part of it, that motivator, that motivating factor has to come from someone that's setting that table. Did, did we do it in the interviews at new firefighters saying, this is what you can expect if you come to work here. The Louisville Fire Department creed, this will be part of your life. These are our values in the colony. You know, Scott, the questions you ask, you know, people all the time. But so let's let's jump today. We're, you know, let's jump to the very first thing you said, Scott. Terry, you just talked about it. You set it up perfectly. The leadership role of motivating your people. Now, I've always said the linchpin, we, John and I talked about this. We just talked about it in our company, Officer Academy, the other day. 
the linchpin between the, the, the hardest working people in the firehouse, the fire service, or your firefighters. They are the hardest working people, hands down. Firefighters are the hardest working people. It's that company officer. You've got the chiefs, God bless them here, but that's the person, you know, you're not in every one of your firehouses. You're not riding the front seat, you know, saying, slow down, put your seatbelt on, put your face piece on, put your face piece back on, get a backer. You know, you're not up there next to them. You know, battalions make rounds. That company officer sets the tempo. And I always said, you can always spot a rodeo dude or do that when they get on the plane because their their left arm is kind of bent in their hand from holding on to their horn and having, you know, their rope. But you can always spot a good company officer because their, their right hand is kind of bent almost in a fist because they're constantly cranking that morale siren. And sometimes they got to crank the crap out of it, but they're that they're, they're the morale officer in that department. And when you have a, when you have a crappy morale officer, you know, it's hard for people to stay motivated. So Scott, let's go back and Terry, let's talk about the impact, the leadership. Let's talk about specifically right now, the company officers impact on motivating your people. And this can be at your volunteer department on drill nights or for calls. Cause Let's go up to a volunteer place where Lieutenant or Captain is screaming at you all the time. That's a lot of fun. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about the motivating influence that that company officer has. If you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead, so Scott. Go ahead. Yeah, no. And, and Rick, it, we talk about this often. You know, it starts at roll call. Well, first of all, first of all, you know, you got to prepare before you work in a firehouse. Have a little idea. I, I call it when we were on 24-hour shifts. I call it 26-hour leadership. Spend a little time before you walk in a firehouse. And, and think about not only what motivates, but what demotivates. You know, that can do as is, is, is much uh, good as if you know what demotivates firefighters. But you come in and you do a roll call and you get everybody kind of thinking about the job and, and you recognize and you encourage and you check on the mental and, and physical wellness. And then you set some goals for the day. And, it, you know, it's almost like when everybody puts their hand in it, you know, like one, two, three, let's go and, and get them started. And, and then that, you know. To me, to me, the absolute most important thing that a company officer can do for his or her men and women that looked in for leadership is to provide honest, timely feedback. To me, there's nothing more important. You know, if you're just going around telling a guy that's a mope that he's doing a good job, he's doing a good job, well, that's going to cause problems. If, if you know, you're not willing to sit down and have that tough conversation, say, listen, man, if you want to be successful here, Here's the route. I'll help you do it. I'm here with you, but you're going to have to meet us halfway. And those expectations and the accountability for those expectations, the company officer, all of that stuff is in his wheelhouse. And I break it out. You know, they got to be effective supervisors and they got to be courageous leaders. And and the most dangerous thing that a company officer can do is go in the day room after lunch and say, come on, we're going to go drill. You know, he's going to get life threats on his life getting him out of the recliner out from behind jerry springer the fishing show to go out and do some drilling but that's the courageous part of leadership is having those tough conversations which we don't like to do well and i used to talk you've heard me talk about lieutenant bill allen who i worked for at bedford park that guy i had 31 years in a job when i went to work for him and that the energy level he had Red Bull would have been such a waste. In fact, I think if he drank Red Bull, he would explode. He, he wasn't <laughs> hyper like crazy. He just, his energy level was just, he could he could make clean. I always say this, he could make cleaning the grease traps at the firehouse fun. He just, there was, I would, when I, when I, when I was going through a tough time of my life with my, my practice wife, um, I came in and there's 10 to 15 of us on duty. And, and so roll call is kind of a nut house there. People are throwing bagels at each other and stuff. And, 
I came in, I'm all mad and pissed off. I was, you know, I'm like, see, this, this is me. Leave me alone, Bob. And I'd march off. And about 45 minutes later, we're in the midst of checking the rigs. I look over and he's, he's standing in the doorway. He's like this. And we're all laughing and yucking it up. And I look at him and go, you sneaky SOB, you did it again. He knew enough about me, Scott and Terry, to, you know, what buttons to push to get Rick and put Rick back on the track. You know, he knew, you know, that you, you guys see it. You go to a firehouse and, and it's you could you could cut the tension, you can cut the crap with a knife. I go right to the company. That's like blaming someone's kids. Don't blame the kids. Don't ever right. blame firefighters. Do not ever blame firefighters for stuff going around the firehouse. It's a company officer's fault. You're in charge. You're the morale officer. Yep. You're the morale booster, not the morale killer. It is your job to keep your people fired up. And 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 part of that is telling them right from the beginning, Scott, like you said, here's what we expect. Here's our expectations for you. This is how you can be successful here. Let me tell you how you can be successful. Now it's up to you. But like a good parent, parent and parenting leadership, the same thing. You've got to kind of push people sometimes into that direction. But when they have no one else but themselves to model after, you're kind of taking a guess, right, Terry? Yeah, 100%. And, and Scott said, you know, he brought up a word, which which when you asked this or posed this question, I wrote this down. And I, I sometimes feel like, uh, you know, you got to tell people that you, you got to approach, you know, as far as keeping guys invested or keeping them motivated, you know, it's 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 to me, it's like crisis intervention, right? So we tell people go out there. And when you sit down with a lunatic, you don't agree with the lunatic, right? You don't call them crazy and you don't belittle or berate them but if they're telling you th that they're seeing something right in front of them and it ain't there you say things like hey well I, I don't see that so let's focus on right and and this is where i think sometimes the train leaves the track is because the, the company officer has to be honest all the time be honest with people and if you're not doing well tell them and if you have an expectation tell them if you're not meeting the expectation tell them and oh hey if they're doing a good job tell them that too so but i i think that honesty is one of the key things that that is and i and i say this all the time that station officer for me for for as far as my perspective of this service and of this department the station officer is the most important person we have in this in this He's around your most influential people. Like in the show title, we talk about how do you motivate your new people? You shouldn't have that problem. If you do, you just hired the wrong dude. But right. So so but they're around that group of people. They're the most influenced people we have. They're looking for someone to model themselves after. They're looking for success in your organization. And if that dude leading that company is a is a is a mope. Right. Then someone's going to model themselves after that. So it, it the the key to me is these station officers, right? That the buddy, the boss, whatever the the class of the day is, but it is being very candid, very honest, very genuine, holding people accountable, and laugh every now and then. You know, don't take yourself so damn serious. I I spent a large portion of my life that I took myself way too serious, and it. it it, 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 how many times you guys heard like, oh, man, if I knew then what I know now. Right. And I used to hear that so much. I'm like, shut up. I'm so tired of hearing that. Right. I'm 56 years old now. I feel like I'm smarter than I've ever been in my life. And it's because I've matured more in the last, I don't know, probably 10 years than I have in the previous 46 years without a doubt. But I've also gotten way more patient. 
But I've also realized that that dude didn't back. He didn't plan to back into the station. Right. It was an accident. You call them on accidents and not on purposes, whatever. Right. So I can get all spooled up about the damage and then you could have killed somebody, you know, whatever. Like, oh, I, it's just you learn so much. That station officer is so crucial. And, and you said it. Too. He's the motivation officer. He is the guy. You know what? It, it, hey, listen, here's a here's a trick. Go to a costume shop and get you a cheerleading costume with some stuff and come in there. Do your morning brief in that. Right. Because that's your job is to get out there and, you know, let's like like, you know, let's let's say a cheer. And, and hey, man, that's a daunting task. I feel overwhelmed at times with this organization because it's always something, you know, hey, we want a different uniform. We want to do a different shift. We want, you know, the, the pay and the colony's got this. And we got a battle with Frisco all the time because they have rigs painted like the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I can't compete with that. Right. <laughs> but it's easy for me to get stuck and, and just get sucked in and just feel like I can't change mindset. Right. I can't change mindset. And what I say I've matured in the last few years, it's because now I look at that and think, all right, so what's my, what is the path I need to take with this? Because I know what old Terry's going to do. I'm going to give it the whole, Hey man, if you don't like it, dude, go the Frisco's hiring brother. Like, like I'll give you a dude's name over there. You could call him. Right? <laughs> so, but, but that's not the right approach. So right. even at my level, I'm, I'm a coach and, 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 and I've got to, I've got to temper myself and, and, and act appropriately. So does the station officer. So does the individual firefighter, right? We need to have reasonable expectations about everything. And, but that's a company officer's job too, is that if we're going to sit around the table and talk about pay and benefits, Hey, rein that in sometimes. Let's put this in perspective, right? And 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 that's not an easy thing to do, but it is part of your responsibility, I feel like. Well, and we've said how many times, you know, John Salka says it all the time in class, please don't tell the public what it is we do. They all know we fight fires and cut people out of cars, but don't tell them we sleep in a bed at night a lot of places and that we get to work out and work and we get to wash and wax our pickup trucks and our cars and clean our golf clubs and get our <laughs> laptops and do a side business from the kitchen table. Please don't tell people, you know, and, and once in a while, people need to be reminded. And, and I, used to, I used to tell people, look, we need to do an exchange program because we've all said this. You could be you could be buying them and building everything you can for them, and, and some people just aren't going to be happy. And you've got to get to the point where you realize this is a business. It's not, there's nothing personal about it. And, and, and there, I don't think, Scott or, or Terry, I don't think you, were, you you'll remember this, but I had an assistant chief that worked with me there that came in one day and threw his book and was screaming. And when I first got there, dropping the F-bomb. And you know everybody liked this guy because he was more worried about being a buddy than about being a boss. Um, he threw his binder. And, and we had apologized to all of our staff because he's, every other word was F. And they don't care. And, and they, and they you know, they, we just bought them all two sets together. We have new rigs, all stuff. They don't care. And I go, it's, I know it's not. They were even talking about you. I said, I don't care. I said, it's, this is a business. This is not personal. You're taking it personal. And I said, look, when you and I were, were that young, we were probably banging our fists on the kitchen table the loudest bitch about the chief and the chief and the chief and then this and that and the other and B shift and A shift and all this. I said, those guys over there, you know what? It's okay. It's he goes, well, he goes, no, it's okay. I said, they couldn't tell you they they couldn't tell you about about their pension or their health benefits to save their lives. They could tell you what what app they need on their phone and what lift kit in their pickup truck. And you know what? It's okay because you know why? It's not on their radar screen right now. It's not. So the, the, when you start taking things personal, when you start taking these as a boss, 
You know, is it a tech? Now, even if they attack you, that you know what? Accepting the role of leader means you're going to be you're going to be judged. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be talked about. They're going to make stories about you. They're going to backstab. You want to throw any word you want to do in there. That's what people do. Some do to bosses. On the flip side, you know, and I just had this talk with a young firefighter guys, and I said, you know, you want to, he, they asked for advice. What should I do? Who should I? I said, you know what? You want to emulate people? Pick pick three of the best firefighters in your department. Pick not three of the buffoons, not the village idiots, not the, the jerk off. You know, let's talk, pick three of the best and why are they the best and emulate them. And and you know what? I'll even say imitate, you know, take you and 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 take their world and fit it into your world. Why are they the why are they that great firefighter? And I just had a conversation with a, with a company officer, a new one. You know, I always I, I you know, how many times have I talked about Gary Apple? Why, so why why was Gary Apple's firehouse always dialed in? Why you know now Gary would get frustrated like any other boss because he loved the job like the rest of us. But you could walk into his firehouse, and there was just there, you you walked in there and you just there was something special about the leadership and the, the air in that firehouse, you know. And he'll be the first one that he would be rolling his eyes right now, be saying this. And I you don't know, I know we all face challenges, but. Why are some people dialed in and some people aren't? Why are some people in the job and some people aren't? And, and you know, I used to say, don't confuse my confidence for cockiness. Egos eat brains, and I make fun of myself all the time, you know. But I had my expectations going into Coeur d'Alene, like I did going into Louisville, of I can't settle. You guys are the same way. I can't settle for being second. I'm way too competitive, you know, and, and Terry and Scott, when we were in Louisville, all three of us together, do you remember? And Scott, I don't know if you you weren't you weren't there yet. Um, uh, Terry, when I first got there, the guys were like, "Last year doesn't think we know truck work. You know, he doesn't think we know how to do be a truck company." And he, I, I said, "No, I never said it. Well, we're good at being truck guys." I go, <laughs> "Yeah, but don't don't you want to be great?" Yeah, I can't settle for just good. Don't you want to be great? Don't you want people coming to work here and sitting in an interview interview going? So what would you really like to do here if you got hired? I want to I want to be on that truck. I want to be on that. I mean, there's a lot of people who are just good. I'm way too competitive to settle for just being okay. And that was my thing. I, I just can't do that. So if you want to be part of something great, then I'm your guy. If you don't, then then we need to we need to think of other things to do here because I can't just settle in and be a buffoon and be a lazy ass, you know. But so let's spin the gears here a little bit. Um, I mentioned Gary because I love Gary as a captain, loved him as a as a driver, as a chief's aide, and as a firefighter paramedic. Um, you know, when he was when he was on shift as a firefighter, Terry and Scott, he filled that role of that senior firefighter. If we're talking motivation, let's talk about the impact. And right now, both of you, you're shaking your head because now you think about Gary. Each one of you is just thinking about guys that you know right now, guys and gals that you're going. I know exactly who he's talking about on this ship, this ship, this ship. The role the senior firefighter has in motivating their shift mates. Let's talk about that. Um, uh, Scott, jump on that. Well, huge. And, and you know, I think that's one of the things that the fire chief, certainly the ops chief can do, is, is to really emphasize the value and the importance of a good senior firefighter, man, man or woman. You know, give that, give that position value, recognize it, because – you know, you get a good company officer with a good senior man or woman, and they're, they're thinking along the same lines, you can conquer the world. Oh. You get you get ones that are checked like out. That. 
Yeah, yeah. And and and, and that, those are the happy firehouses. But, you know, I, I think there's two two things. I don't think we do a good job of, of really explaining how important the senior man is to the senior men and women. And I don't think we spend enough time training our captains to really develop that person and utilize that person like it, it could. I think we can do a better job at just, just helping understand what that relationship should be like. But I tell you, just like you said it, I go into these firehouses where I have a invested company officer and an invested senior man or woman and man, the, the, the whole environment is, is different. And, and these guys are smiling. They're bringing you a cup of coffee. They're, 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 they're just, they're having a great, they're being well, firefighters. And one of the things they're not doing is they're not bitching down. We talked about that. The great bosses, you don't bitch down. If you bitch down to your people, you're the cancer. You're the problem. If if you're a fire, if you're a, if you're the senior firefighter, all you do is bitch to the other guys about what the chiefs do. Battalion, you, you're the problem. It's not. I'm telling you, not, I don't care if your chief is the problem. You're a bigger problem than chief if you're bitching out because you definitely don't have your hand on that morale crank. Go ahead, Terry. Well, I was going to say, you know, the other thing I think that's super important about that senior guy is that. You know, I, I think the the system is set up that we all understand that I answer to somebody. So if I answer to the fire chief and the fire chief tells me something that I don't want to hear, I'm, I'm more or less conditioned to that because I that's an expectation. He is monitoring what I'm doing. And so and we've done that our whole lives. If we played organized sports, we had a coach. If we were in school, we had a teacher. And of course, you had parents at home. That senior guy is your peer, right? And when that dude tells you something like it's one thing for me to walk in a room and go, hey, dude, seriously, that's not who we are. We don't do that. Right. And the minute I leave the room, it's oh, here's McGrath, man, riding on that high horse again. And (laughs) oh, he's too, you know, whatever. Right. But when the fireman looks at you and says, dude, hey, man, that ain't us. You're representing me right there, brother. And I'm telling you, I think the message coming from uh, and, and, and Scott, you know, you alluded to this leverage that. As a, if you wanted to say, hey, what's a successful company officer? I put in top three on your list of things to do. Identify that guy you're going to leverage to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, well, and that is to make my company outstanding. And this guy's going to help me because that's the guy that I can go to. And and you know we've talked about him a hundred times, John Copeland. Right. I was just going to say it. (laughs) I say to to people all the time, I go, we do a great job in this organization of celebrating. Somebody goes out and they get, you know, they're on Texas task force and, hey, I just got, you know, certified and repelling out of helicopters. And and I, you know, I've got a a canine on one side and a, you know, a a Hamaltro tool on the other. and, (laughs) And so we're all like, oh my God, that's amazing. You know what I tell my guys is, you know who we don't celebrate enough around here is John Copeland. John Copeland has two words. If I said, John, move that dumpster to the other side of the parking lot, you know what he'd say? Yes, sir. Now, while he's moving that dumpster, I have no idea what he's saying about me, right? <laughs> and if he gets to the other side of the parking lot and I said, no, I don't like it there, move it back. You know what he's going to tell me? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And he's going to move it. That dude is a rock star, right? And we should celebrate that. Because he comes in, head down, works hard, but he's also the guy that I go to and say, hey, John, when you have a minute, would you loop back around and talk to that dude over there about the way he's wearing his gear or the way he's getting off that rig? And you know what he says? Yes, sir. 
Well, and and how many times? And I was I'm sorry to interrupt. Right I, was, I, was, I was waiting to mention John Copeland because I love I love Cope. Okay, um, is you you said it right at the beginning? You walk in, Scott walks. I used to walk in. If I say it, oh, there goes that's chief or that's you know whatever. A senior firefighter can go like this. Go. He can get he can get you all. He can go, look, look. We don't do that here. I don't care what you did at your other three fire departments. We don't harass. We don't bully. Or we don't do this. Or we get off the rig ready. I have never seen a grievance. I've never seen a union allow a grievance to proceed when one firefighter grieved the other one saying, you would tell me I need to be better at my job. Now, I do it. They go, Lansky was waving his finger right. in my face, whatever. So, the the, the Terry, the, the, the role that they have, the impact, I've said this for years, you look at a great company officer. Gary Apple would be the first one to tell you because he was that person. When Gary Apple was a captain, he would say, "Don't look at me. Look at him. Where's my senior man? Where's my guy? You know, guy, guy or gal doesn't matter." Right. We, Lisa, Lisa taught with a scout all those years. What do you think Lisa was when she was a firefighter? Lisa mm-hmm. was the go-to person on that. You know, you know, saying her company officer would just all you had to do was just you know that look. You just had to look, and you got that look back, and you know our our boys and girls are in the air, man. We're it's all you had to do was look. And that was Gary. You know, Lisa was the same way. Gary, Curtis Burt was that way. And up at God, Curtis, just all the great ones. It seemed like all the great ones filled that role. And even though you didn't like, you know, they followed orders. Terry, you said it best. You know what? I don't, I, you know what? You, okay. Off you go. It's not our job to pick apart the orders we're given in the assignments. Our job is to be good soldiers, good Marines. What do you want to call it? Go on do our job. And there you go. And, and 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 if we just followed orders a little bit more, if we just did what we had to do, I've you the, the three of us don't have enough time to explain every order we have to give to everybody in the department. You'd be and, and we shouldn't have to. There's certain no. things we have to explain the why when we want to get buy-in and so forth. Um, but yeah, we shouldn't have to. You know, I always wonder on these people that that just don't buy in or unmotivated. I'd love to hear their conversation with their kids in the morning when they send them off to school. Hey, Johnny, listen, I want you to go to school today. Look for every opportunity to take a nap, you know, eat, eat as much as you can and, and watch as much TV as you can. And as soon as the teacher says something to you, I want you, no matter what it is, to have a, a negative comeback and, and, and have a great day. Right. I mean, should, wait, 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 we should actually clip this Terry. We should actually clip what Scott just said and play that over and over again. Yeah, go tell your kids exactly. That is awesome, Scott. Yeah, yeah. You behave like I behave at the firehouse, right? And the wheels would come off. The wheels would come off. And, and I, you know, that, to me, that's a character thing. You know, I want to be the example that my kids want to follow. And I got to throw in, you know, Garrett works for Cope at the college now, and I'm so glad he's getting that influence. And, you know, another a whole different department, and he has a huge influence in, in helping Garrett be a better senior man. But, yeah. That's I, like I he got a scholarship. Him. He got a – that's like a scholarship getting to work for Cope. It is. It is. It's a life education. experience that he will remember, and he's going to be a better firefighter because of it, I have no doubt. Well, so – so so um let, let's let's talk let's hit let's hit this let's hit this uh uh pothole okay <laughs> <laughs> let's hit this pothole so so what do we do what can we do if anything i i, I say that i'll throw that in there just as an excuse but for those that are i mean you know this is the greatest job in the world i'm telling you little boys and girls want to be firefighters man they play for that everybody 
yet we've got some that, you know, I've said should be working for Taco Bell um, instead of wearing a fire department uniform. You know, we've been talking about a lot of the, of the great people and the good ones and, and some of that stuff there, Scott, like you said. So how do we deal with that, with, 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 with the potholes? How do we deal with those that just suck? Like Bruno would say, Bruno would say they suck. How do we deal, you know, and I don't even think it's the 2%. Some people say 2%. I actually think it's less than that. There's people that are having bad moods and they're, you know, they're going through their career like this, but I think it's a very small amount. You know, I, none, I don't think any of the three of us give up on people, but there's a point where, you know, you have to take like a break because you find yourself working on that one person more than celebrating the successes of the other ones. What are some of the what are some of the bits of advice you give people to deal with those? That, Scott, that was perfect there about your kids, but how do you, how do we get past that? I don't know. I, I guess that's a really hard question to answer. I mean, well, well Rick, I, you know, oh, go ahead, Terry, go ahead. No, I mean, I was just going to say, I I think that what's easy to do is you isolate that person, right? So, uh, well, I'm going to send him to this station because I'm going to put him with like-minded people, right? So I got this crew over here. And 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 I think to some degree, we've all seen that happen. Hell, I might have been at a station because I might have been one of them people. I don't know. But I think you engage those people, like don't write them off. Do not say to yourself, hey, man, that's just that's Scott and he's never going to change. And and I get, um, you know, I don't know, Chief, maybe it's part of that type A or that competitive thing. But I'm like, oh, hell no. Hell no. So I want to dive in and figure out the root of this. And, and, and for me, sometimes I like to talk to people like it, it, it's it's hard to have a conversation with that with that. uh obstinate person in their environment with surrounded by their, their constituents. Right. I like to do that in the parking lot or on the phone when, when I'm going home, Hey man, you got them. And I call them off duty and and I'm, you know, or, or better yet just to catch them one-on-one alone. And then uh, to me, part of that is the education component because I tell people without a doubt, I would have been a gold medal recipient as sitting around the table solving problems. I was great at it. <laughs> Give me some more coffee and what else you got? You know, I tell everybody I got a million opinions that are all free. And uh, so, but to me, the, the education component, right? So when someone wants to complain about pay and our pay scale and this, that, and the other, right? All right, well, let's talk about the city as a whole here because you live in a bubble and you're just thinking about, you know, this shift, this station and me, right? The people that have to make these decisions have a whole city to run and they've got a, a, a police department, a public works, a parks, and, and hey, all of those things are important to our citizens too. So I always like to engage the people. I always like to educate the people. And and I'm, I always kind of adopt the philosophy that if you're going to have a bad attitude, you're going to do it with a lot of information. Um, and, <laughs> And, 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 you know, whatever, I mean, it might change them. It might not, but I think sometimes it opens up their, their eyes a little bit and get their perspective a little bit different. Well, and again, you know, when, when leaders, I'll go back to what you said, bury their heads in the sand. When leaders transfer problems, when leaders as Colin Powell uh, would say, you know, uh, never walk past a mistake when they keep walking past mistakes and they don't address things. You know, I know one place, Terry and Scott, where they had uh a guy who was paying people to work his days off, which we know is illegal. The IRS frowns on that uh, when you become an employer. And when they asked his captain, 
you know, did you know this is going on? And he goes, yeah. He goes, and you were all right when he goes, and his reply was, and you guys may remember somebody saying this once or twice. Yeah. The place was a better place when he wasn't here. And I'm like, that's your excuse. You lazy ass. Really? As a captain, that was your, do your job. You're not up there. As John would say, you're not up there just to beat the horn. Do your job. Your job is to motivate. Your job is to, is you know what? Is it hard? Yes. Sometimes you have to go in your office, close the door and you got to scream. Sometimes you have to sit there and go, you know, like the D I talk about being a camp penalist, Scott, you, you, you know, you know, this with, with your family and, and the Marines. I remember I'm at Pendleton and I'm I'm up early and I hear the loud ass music in cars like that to the base and there's pickup trucks are pulling in and I'm like I can't believe the MPs let people play their music this loud these marine well what it was I look over it's the DIs pulling in the drill instructors and one by one they pull in they're like this in their cab I can see them going and I'm like and they were getting ready getting psyched up to go wake that's right to go wake up some young marines. Sometimes as a boss, you got to close the door and you have to do some psyching up and go out there. The worst thing you do is go out and bitch down to your people. The worst thing you do is go out there and complain down to your people. You're the morale officer. You need to set the tempo. You need to be the one that they 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 draft that positive energy off. Otherwise, just like you guys said earlier, we're just creating more negative energy. But Scott, go ahead. Well, you know, starting from the beginning, Rick, we got to make sure we bring in the right people through our processes. But more importantly, if we get it wrong, there's a reason why we call it a probationary period, right? If, if they're not getting it by the 10th or the 11th month of a one-year probation, they're probably not going to be rock stars when they get off probation. But then you have the chiefs that say, oh, no, 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 we can't fire them. We're going to get sued or we got to do the process again. So, so there you're stuck with a problem. The other thing is that I, you know, I tried the, 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 the common approach of trying, and I still am trying to be upbeat and give a lot of information. But I think now I spend a little more time thinking about the cause, you know, is, is this person a chronic or an acute pain in the ass? Is there, is there something that happened? <laughs> you know, are they a victim of something? Um, do they have things going on outside the firehouse? What, what, what is contributing to this? And, you know, I think the first expectation, and, and we steal this from the, the Hippocratic oath that doctors take, right, is, is the first thing is do no harm. You know, let, let's start there. Let's don't, let's don't bash our people, talk down to them. Let's don't have the one person that we pick on. You know, a, a day without training is, is doing harm. Now, you can have a couple of those days, but all those things. And then, then let's, let's, let's separate out what demotivates and what motivates and then start learning our people and understanding them. And what their personal goals are, what what their value system kind of looks like. And, you know, we created this this squad company and this this truck company. And one of the things we do is we put like minded people together. Now, I, I can't tell you how many fire chiefs said that's wrong. But, yeah, we put people who think alike are passionate and we put them on a company so they can they can all, you know, uh, gain off of one another. And so drive so together. squad five, New York, Chicago squad companies. Or New York's rescues and squads don't pick certain people for those units. They know right. They do. They yeah, do. They right. Do. Yeah. And and, and, it, and a lot of it is skill, but it's also team chemistry. You know, I want to finish your thoughts for you, but you got these chiefs who every you know every year we got to shake everybody up because we don't want them to get too comfortable together and team chemistry and this and all those. And I'm like going, where did is there anything? written or even research that proves that's the right way to go or does it just keep you comfortable because you're not allowing people to form relationships that are going to come get you 
I, I don't know, but that's that's my my rant as we finish this up. <laughs> well, I, I just you know it, it's it's easy, and there's a lot of people about go. Oh, that's easier said than done. What you guys just talked about, I still have issues back in my firehouse, and I'll go back to nobody ever said being the boss, being a leader was going to be easy. You know, I keep going back to John. John wears people out in class all the time. He says it probably fifty times in a couple of days. If you don't want to do that, if you don't want to do, it, if you don't want to lead. You don't want to solve problems. You don't want to coach and counsel people. Blah, blah, blah. Then, then stay in the back with the boys and girls, the hardest working people, spray water, break glass, and punch holes in roofs. Then don't ride the front seat. Don't be the boss. Because if you were if you were lazy or you were not, you were a non-motivating company officer, I don't really think that changes when you become a battalion. I think you become a lazy, non-motivated battalion chief and deputy. That's you how just have seems. more influence to screw people up. Exactly. How about you start early in your career? Get into the job. I'll finish from my end. This is the coolest job in the world. You know, I wrote I wrote a book called Pride and Ownership of Firefighters Love of the Job. It's okay to love being a firefighter. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what kind of bullies you work with. I don't care what kind of thugs you have in your firehouse. It's okay to love being a firefighter. Man, it is, the, it is like one of the coolest things in the world. Like we said, little boys and girls want to be you. You know, they just be, be the kind of, be the, be the kind of mentor, the kind of example that other people, you know, how many times, Scott and Terry, we say this in interviews, we talk to the, the, the candidates. What, be, you know, one of the things I would say to them, be the kind of rookie the other, the other shifts were jealous of. Why do they get all the good ones? Why do we get this one? They get all the ones that look at them. We can't, we can't stop them. You know, we can't, we tell her to take a break and, and she takes a break, but she won't sit down. And then she's back up cleaning stuff. I just, you know, some of that happens just because they're upbringing, but, but a lot of that happens because of the leadership of the firehouse. I mean, that is key uh, to motivate and to take care of your people. And I will say this to, to those out there, we've talked about this several times before, stop blaming generations. We're the, we're probably the only profession that has every generation within every rank. You know, we have, we have brand new young men and women to guys with 40 years that are firefighters, you know, that are in that same rank. Yes, there are different generations. Your job as a boss is to figure out which ones are which. Some people you can have the hard conversation with and they don't get butt hurt. Other people you have to be more delicate with. Other people, you know, just you have to read your people. We suck at size up. We, we've, we've done that. We misread fire in buildings all the time. We're worse at, at sizing up people. You know, we were, worth, you know, seeing kind of being able to read and go, I watch me try this. And you, you start dangling things. And they take the bait down to one thing. And next thing you know, that's your saw guy or gal. You know, that's the one wrapping the tools. And that's the one, you know, maybe they're into IT stuff. So that's the one I've got doing all my computer. I mean, just instead of trying to paint the fire service with one brush and say, I'm going to line 30 firefighters up and they're all going to be identical. I think I think you're in the clouds with that one. So motivation is key. I think, you know, uh, I mean, uh, keeping your keeping your troops happy and, and involved is not easy by no means, but if you're not, I want to add three quick things. Right. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Once to the fire chief, you do have an influence on morale. How many fire chiefs do you say? I, I, I'm not responsible for morale. If you decide where the money goes, what policies get approved and how people are recognized and disciplined, you absolutely do for company officers. Stay relevant. Know the job. That's a motivator in their self. If firefighters see their company officer investing and getting better at the job, they will follow. 
So, so stay relevant and be able to talk about the job at a high level. And to the young kids who don't think it's cool and don't want to dial in as you get closer to retirement, cause I'm, I'm there, you're going to, you're going to regret the days and the opportunities that you've been given and the people that you could have influenced that you chose not to. And when you're retired and people are asking you what you did as a firefighter, you're going to tell a different story because you're ashamed of what you really did. And that's something tough to live with. So there's my, there's my psychology, uh, uh, my four hours spent in psychology there that I'm going <laughs> to throw out there. But that, well, that, I anybody, just want to close with that. If anybody can crop out the video of you saying, I, I still love that, you know, <laughs> go tell your kids in the morning, you know, I just thought that was awesome. Go to school and do this. Ain't nobody out there. Well, no, there are a couple out there. I'm sure there are because we see them locked up in jails. But uh, <laughs> go out there and tell your kids that. Terry, you got any closing thoughts, buddy? And you know, the only thing I'll say is that, and 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 I I think it's appropriate at any level in a department. You need to rise up to the organization. The organization is not coming down to you, nor should they. Right? We're great or we want you to be great. And it's, it's the role of a company officer. It's the role of the fire chief. It's the role of everybody to set the expectation. You are going to rise up to be great with us, but we're not dumbing down this organization because you can't get it <laughs> or you don't want to get it. And I think that's a Good problem. Point. Good I, point. I, I do think, I do think there's a lot of organizations out there that they look for reasonings to kind of soften things up because, well, you know, it, it, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna tamp this down a little bit over here. And no, I think from day one, you tell them this is what we expect of you, right? And 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 on day ten thousand, we still expect this from you. Whether you're a captain, a senior man, you're riding the medic, or you're a battalion chief, these are our expectations. And this collectively, collectively, this is what makes the profession great and what I'm, what makes our organization great. And it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, no. you know, you, I know both of you. I know your hiring processes. They, the candidates are informed the moment they walk in there what's expected. And, and they're reminded throughout the process. And even to the point when they start their first day, they get another talk and another talk. and another, Just like boot camp in the, the five branches. They don't just tell them their first day, this is what we expect you to be. They, be. they beat you over the head so many times that you finally go, okay, okay, I get it. And it becomes part of your life. You know, that's, that's their creed. Um, I'll go back to what you, you both just said. Don't, God, it, this career flies by. The greatest thing in the world, man. It's the coolest thing in the world. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. You know, enjoy it. You know, do we have our mood swings? Do we have our food fights as a family? Do I have our bad times? Our good? Yeah, absolutely. Good God almighty. But man, oh man, you've been given a gift. You've been given an absolute gift to do one of the coolest things in the world. Don't, don't, don't blow it off. Don't, uh, don't walk through it all miserable. And you know what? When you're leaving, I've told this before to people, don't, don't leave angry. You know, you didn't come in that way. You know, don't leave upset and angry. Leave leave uh, with a smile on your face and know that you accomplished <laughs> something that a lot of other people couldn't. So, Scott, if they want to get a hold of you, buddy. Uh, best Scott at fireserviceleadership.com. All right, Terry. Yep, I'm uh, T. McGrath at cityoflewisville.com. And uh, I know a lot of people are listening to this or watching this. Uh, that's the email that I give you in class all the time when you're looking for anything <laughs> from also. <laughs> uh, well, how do you guys do your dive team? Here, here's Terry's email. Can I get a copy of SOPs? Here's Terry's email. How do you guys do your, your uniforms? Here's Terry's email. What do you, so I've streamlined the process. I follow you on social media. I know where you're going to be. And when I see that email from whatever department where you were just at, 
I, I send them right to the Google Drive. Right <laughs> You've been so great over the years with me, uh, with me doing that. But uh, I'm at chieflasky at gmail.com. We're hoping we get to see a lot of you next week at FDIC. Uh, if not yep. next year, but this year, man, oh, man. Uh, looking forward to everything that David, uh, Chief David Rhodes has set up for us and his staff, Diane, and the, the wonders they work. Um, we're all on uh, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and the web. You know, you can find us there. Our next show is May 17th. We have the third Wednesday, the third hump day uh, of, of every month, the issues and challenges of the fire service. Fire engineering always has some some great hangouts on Wednesdays, uh, some great podcasts in the evening. Don't Don't miss any of them. There's some great people out there. That being said, we always end all of our shows with this very important phrase, and that's we ask you to please keep the men and women armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. Remember, never forgetting means never forgetting. See you next time. Be safe, and God bless you.